0: Welcome to the fifth episode of VSTML 2018 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian whose friendship with me is entirely based on mutual distrust, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. And also joining us for a special mid-season treat is our good friend, the guy who gets more money the lower he goes, David Bindley. That's what I do. I mean, you are basically the Australian limbo. Yes, I am. I'm good at going down. As a special treat, as soon as I told Bindles that we were going to be doing Georgia, he's like, I need to be on this episode because it's the closest to an Amazing Race episode.
1: What what type of Amazing Race? Because I think we've been treated to a very different version of the Amazing Race in 2021.
0: You're already spoiling the fact that I have Amazing Race Australia jokes just because Bindles is here and I know it will make him angry. I'm already angry enough. Without dating the podcast, we're recording this on the day of the finale, at least for me, of Amazing Race Australia 5, and... um... It's been a ride. Bindles has had a lot of fun on Twitter with Amazing Race Australia. It, it's been a ride, and I wanted to get off basically the moment
2: it left the it left the station, and I got stuck on it until the end of the tracks.
0: Are they still blocking you on Twitter?
2: Yes. Which is good, because they would have had a lot of complaints this season. What, from the social media people or from
0: you? Probably. Almost certainly both. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we we couldn't really... Not let Bindles do an episode where olche is her most Olcheist. She is an absolute star, and I'd almost forgotten how much I love olche and how she is my favourite mole contestant ever, probably. Uh, olche is my favourite mole contestant, too. I've st- I've still got a
2: soft spot for someone like the early Mole Australia people, but olche is bloody brilliant.
0: I just don't know where they found her. She's just so unique. There's no better way to put her. No, She's there just isn't. so unique.
1: There aren't too many contestants who try to compete in stilettos on V is the Mall.
0: Not just that, but the fact that she is so laser-focused on money, and as Reuben says in this episode, Olche just loves money. <laughs> you just put money in front of Olche and she goes for you. You don't need to worry about anything else.
1: Well, just imagine if they didn't have Olche. They would be at, like, negative 3,000 euros by episode 5.
0: Yeah. And the fact that, pretty much thanks to Volche, they've earned 8,000 euros in two episodes. And it's almost entirely because of Volche. So, talking of Volche, Previously, the Final Seven returned to Tbilisi, where underground contestants tried to guide the rest to landmarks for money. Art asked some hard-hitting questions, but only one was truly important. Whether they wanted to try and earn 5,000 euros in the pot, or a group exemption. They chose the 5,000 euros and flew to the other side of a crumbling Soviet building on a zip wire, but it was a high-wire axe that Emilio couldn't perform, as he was the next to get a red screen. And Art says that Emilio doubted whether to go for the group exemption or not, but the 5,000 euros he earned was a nice parting gift. The pot increased, seemingly much to Olcay's delight as treasurer, but the mole must be unhappy that 5,000 euros went in. Are the mole and the treasurer the same person, though?
1: No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I mean, we could we could beat around the bush, but I think by this point in the season you kind of know Olcay is not the mole.
1: It would be a good charade, though.
0: As much as I would love it that Olcay would be the mole because she would be the best mole ever, just so laser-focused on keeping money out of the pot, I think you can kind of kind of just assume that Olcay is not the mole by this point of the season. Looking at my uh, suspect list at the time, I did not think that Olcay was the mole by this point of the season.
1: What's funny is that Emilio was the one who who thinks that he's responsible for the €5,000 going into the pot.
0: Yeah, that was such a weird subplot at the end. It was just like, yeah, I was actually responsible for the 5,000 euros. Were you, though? I don't actually think we ever get an answer to that in the uh, in the reunion, whether Emilio's envelope was the one that contained it.
1: He says his envelope was the thickest, but I don't recall him ever touching any of the other envelopes.
0: No, it just felt like there was money in there. <laughs> He's like che, you can just sniff out money. He's like a police dog and the episode title is the same thing that Logan is looking for in his OnlyFans, Views. Okay. Has he been doing this the other four episodes as well, or is it just because I'm here? No, it's just because you're here. I'm, I'm dialing up the jokes that I kept forgetting to uh, to go back to, like okay. I was claiming that Logan has an OnlyFans at the start of Amazing Race 32. I think the original plan was that I was going to claim uh, Logan was on a different social network site each week, and then I just forgot to do it.
1: Oh, I, oh too bad you couldn't use Parler as a reference.
0: Nope, Logan is on Friends Reunited at Logs of Guacky. Could have said that one. I haven't even heard of that one. It's genealogy. So there's lots of scenery shots of Tbilisi, as it is their last episode there. They all toast to Emilio, and he gets more departure content.
1: Are they all just getting wasted at at like 10 o'clock in the morning? Morning Emilio?
0: I'm assuming that was the afternoon. I'm assuming it was post-execution on day seven. Because it did look like, I'm pretty sure um, Olche had a gin and tonic of some description.
1: Yeah, she's the only one drinking with a straw. I actually noted that.
0: (laughs) Might have been a mojito, but I don't know for certain.
1: One drink for me, one drink for my homie Amelia.
2: I love how fake these scenes always seem on Widom compared to Belgy, and I
0: don't know why it is. Especially this season. This season is chock full of the last executed person getting eulogised at the start of the next episode. Constantly. And it's like, you cannot claim that Bella was the life and soul of the group when we saw nothing of Bella being the life and soul of the group. I'm not even sure Bella was the life and soul of Bella. No.
1: Yeah, her knuckles were with her poker tattoos.
0: I mean, we've touched on this slightly this season already, but a lot of the dead weight in the cast goes very early in this season. Much to the improvements of the season, I would say. Hmm. And then they bring one of them back for Renaissance and that goes to shit. Renaissance did go to shit, that's the difference. But you do have to kind of wade through all of these slightly insincere departure scenes at the start of the next episodes and trying to convince us that bella was an important part of the group or emilio was an important part of the group and it's like no you've known them for six days five days and we saw nothing of them being kind of the big heart and soul of the group so it's day eight and they are taken to the Tbilisi circus and yet again ruben narrates the entire opening scene art is waiting as their ringmaster in the middle of the big top they will be performing with a nerve wracking challenge, building a four story house of cards for 250 euros per house of cards complete at the end of 10 minutes. There is, however, another two and a half thousand euros to be won in the challenge.
1: And the first one to do so also gets to advance to the final three and wins final immunity.
0: An exemption for the finale. How would you have done with building a house of cards, Logan?
1: Uh, I tend to have shaky hands, so I don't think I would do too well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I tried this yesterday just because I wanted to see whether you could actually do it in 10 minutes. And I, I tried it twice, first on like a normal table and then on just paper underneath because I figured maybe the friction would help, help the card stand up. The first time, it took me about 10 minutes to get maybe three little triangle bits done. And then the second time on the paper, I got it done in about 9 minutes and 38, 39 seconds, something like that. It is very, very hard. So they were pretty much screwed once you started adding in clowns and limbo and popcorn and... Balloons. Well, the balloons, I'm not even sure. You know, what would have happened if the balloons
0: knocked over somebody's house? I guess they'd have to rebuild it. Yeah, but the balloons were, like, right at the end of the time limit. Well, yeah, it's an occupational hazard, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there was no chance that anyone was building a house of cards properly. No. But as Amazing Race Australia did teach us, watching people building houses of cards, not the most riveting television. However, this one has the fun of fanfares, clowns, and everything else to annoy and distract them.
1: Where did they get those people to sit in the audience out of nowhere?
0: I don't know, because there was like three of them to start with. It's a 2,000-seater theatre, for want of a better term, and there were literally two people there, just chilling, watching Dutch people trying to build houses of cards, and art screaming at them over the tanoi.
1: Was the challenge really just ten minutes long? Because I I could have sworn the final cut of the challenge that aired on tv would have been it was a solid seven or eight minutes like almost very little of it gets edited out
0: i think it is pretty much a real-time challenge i've got a feeling it was a little bit
2: longer just because they had two minutes for the table maze two minutes for the coin stacking a minute for the balloons you had you would have had probably two minutes for the limbo two minutes for the popcorn that's nine minutes there
0: and it was two thirty seconds for the uh, the searching for the money
2: yeah and they didn't start the seat stuff straight away. So there would have been at least probably closer to 15 minutes, I would say. Yeah, it's probably 15.
1: At least, yeah, because they get a lot of people suddenly come in and then just judging by how, how much popcorn they were able to hand out or how many balloons they had to stomp out with their feet. <laughs> i thinking there's no way this was just 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, the thing about the popcorn machine is the, the fact that there were probably... 200 kids there? Because that's the vast majority of the money they can earn. Because the the two seats are worth 100 euros in total. The limbo's worth 100 euros. Then the table maze is 250. 500 in the balloons. And I think that's it. I'm
1: glad they eliminated the initial idea for instead of balloons dropping down from the ceiling, it was actually going to be more kids dropping from the ceiling. They had to stomp them out to try and find the money. So I'm glad they didn't uh, ultimately go through with that idea.
0: The human piñata round was indeed banned.
1: I mean, I know Art really wanted to go out in a memorable fashion, but producers say, no, Art, no, Art, I know, I know you want you want to leave the series with a big impression before you head out, but we can't let you just drop kids in from the ceiling.
0: I just have visions of Art coming over the tannoy and going, you've got two minutes to use this stick to whack that child until they give you 500 euros. That's what Jules does, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is one hundred percent a uh, a Costa move. But I'm not sure even Art would stoop to uh, to the idea of lowering a uh, a child down on a uh, on a harness in the middle of Tbilisi Circus and saying whack the shit out of this child for five hundred euros. It's another moral dilemma that Art just wanted to pose to them. After last week, he just got on the train of moral dilemmas.
1: If you needed a reminder of what what's allowed and what isn't allowed, just remember that Georgia was the former Soviet state.
0: <laughs> so, Art does come over the tannoy to help with the distraction, and also offer them 50 euros if they go to C 8. Did you guys also notice, Art got changed for his tannoy bit?
1: Yeah, he's in this complete suit and tie, right?
0: Yeah. I know Bindles isn't the biggest fan of Art, but I said earlier in the season that I love Art purely because he is very much willing to get involved in the challenges. So you have stuff like him driving the lorry. you'd never see Rick do that anymore. And him dressing up for the, uh, the theatre challenge, even though he kind of didn't need to. Yet again here, he just gets into the part by wearing a suit and tie randomly, and then changing back for the end of the challenge. He's back to his normal clothing by the time he tells them how well they've actually done.
1: And if it was Rick hosting this challenge, he wouldn't even tell them how many euros was in C-Tate. He would just be like, you will find an undisclosed amount of money in seat eight,
0: and also it would only be ten euros.
1: <laughs> no, it's a subway coupon.
0: In seat six, you'll find tickets to uh, to a train that goes through Australia.
1: In seat thirteen, you'll find two can dine for nine ninety nine at McDonald's.
0: I thought that was seat sixty nine. So Jan, Luce, and Stina run for the money. They have thirty seconds to find it, which they don't. And unsurprisingly, Alche says she has 10 minutes and no time for the distractions. Arse invites two people to the centre of the ring for a challenge. Jan and Ruben can earn €250 by completing a table maze, and they win. And then a popcorn machine's brought in. They can earn €10 per child by scooping popcorn for them. But first, Luce has to run into the stand to give popcorn to the two random people who are actually there, with no more money. And we kind of assume that they pretty much completed that one, I think.
1: Yeah, there's no no one had a confessional about it being a failure, right? No. Do they have to buy tickets for this thing, or did they just randomly open up the stores to open up the doors to the circus and say, "Hey guys, you want to see Dutch people try to build a house of cards under the weirdest circumstances ever?" Who doesn't come into our circus?
0: you had to pay for it. It's like uh, Boyardland.
1: Her free popcorn to the two kids came out of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> now they're down fifty fifty
0: cents. So yeah, the popcorn machine gets brought in, Luce runs to the stand, and Ruben is incredulous at her for running to random people and offering them popcorn. Another 50 euros is hidden in seat one, Ruben, Simona, Luce, and Stina all run for it. Simona finds it with 10 seconds to spare. Yang gets to three stories on his house of cards and then drops some. And then a limbo bar is brought in. The lower everyone gets, the more money they can earn. Luce says she was a gymnast as a child, so she should be pretty limber. They've got two minutes to stack coins up to a line on the table for 100 euros. Ruben and Stina go for it. And just like Eurovision, it begins to snow. They fail. I've got a question about the limbo. Why did they need to bring the pole in when they already have Ruben? Good point. They could have just hung Ruben off the two, uh, off the two ends, couldn't they?
1: <laughs> just drape him across.
0: I'm looking for one person with great balance who loves planking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I need somebody who needs to work on their core.
0: And a thousand balloons are then released, and Art grins, and it's like a scene from Willy Wonka. And I must admit, I did try and get Art's grin to be the banner for this episode. Sadly, I couldn't get one that worked, because it was my favourite thing in the entire episode. It's his maniacal grin when the balloons get released, and for some reason they just focus on Art grinning with the balloons in the background.
1: I'm surprised none of the kids were attempting to go on stage to help stomp out the balloons, because that just seemed like fun.
0: Yeah, it did. That was by far the most fun of those challenges, I think. Not the house of cards, not the searching random seats for 50 euros at a time, popping a thousand balloons in a minute.
1: Yeah, forget bubble wrap, this is just taken to a whole new level.
0: Unless you don't like balloons. If you're afraid of balloons, this is a nightmare challenge.
1: Yeah, somebody has a balloon phobia.
0: There was someone recently on one of these shows who had a balloon phobia, I can't remember who it was.
1: Shal and Nabila?
0: No, they were afraid of actually doing challenges properly. They were afraid of proper hydration.
1: And wooden popsicle sticks.
0: And wooden popsicle sticks, yeah.
2: I think there was someone on Big Brother Australia last year who was scared of balloons, but that might have just been, you know, putting that as their biggest fear just to troll the producers. That might be what I'm thinking of.
1: Well, in Masonry's 21, I think some of the kids have a fear of balloons after having to hear about 50 of them pop in a row, thanks to to Gary and Will.
0: So... Inside one of the balloons is 500 euros. Alche even lost a nail searching for the 500 euros, which, to Alche is a big deal.
1: Of course, two minutes earlier, they didn't air this, but after Luce handed out the popcorn, she said, oh, by the way, I lost a band-aid somewhere. So she lost a band-aid and a nail during this challenge, and no one knows exactly where.
0: By the way, I may have lost my house keys in those thousand balloons. Can someone help me? So time runs out. None of the houses of cards were built, but they won sixteen hundred and forty euros of a possible four thousand for the pot. And then we begin what I know is Bindle's favourite scene every single season. Do we want to stick with this treasurer?
2: These scenes annoy me so, so, so much. Really, I'd never, never knew about that. Yeah, they're annoying anyway. Because you know, why do you actually need a treasurer? I've never really understood except for, you know, the producers wanting to stick somebody with holding pieces of paper for three weeks. But um, they're never interesting because it's always, oh, we want to change a person or no, we don't want to change a person. But it's it, for some reason it always seems to happen right before they do a challenge where the treasurer has to be in charge of something. And I'm wondering whether that's because the producers are sort of putting hints in people's ears about, uh you know,
0: maybe you might want to be the treasurer now just because that's coming up. Maybe, but maybe they just wanted to annoy Olche on this season and go, hmm, what's going to set Olcay off? Let's take her one responsibility away from her. I don't really think you need that much to set Olcay off, which is brilliant, but I don't think you really need it. I'm not sure you need it, but it's very fun television. Like most things that Olcay does, it just adds to the television impact when you make Olche get a little bit angry at people.
1: I forgot how much they talk about the treasure in these first five episodes. Or overall for the season. I, I, I forgot that they try to make that into such a big storyline.
0: Well, the thing is, there is a previous season, not too far before this one, where who the treasurer was really impacted it. Because the mole ended up being the treasurer and did something very sneaky with the with the mole money. In one of the very final challenges. And it's one you've not seen, so I'm not going into detail on it.
1: I'm surprised they didn't change the show's name from Via's the Mole to Via's the Penny Macer.
0: I don't know why they they actually have a treasure apart from to cause a little bit of conflict in scenes like this, because you don't really need to have the treasure in a position of power. You can just say, I want one volunteer to have a separate challenge or a separate task. Is
1: the Dutch version the only version with the treasure?
0: It is. Australia used it for Australia 6 because they were basically trying to copy off Vidim at the time, including trying to get art. Belgium obviously doesn't. Germany Germany didn't, I don't think. America didn't. The UK didn't. Did France? France didn't, I don't think.
1: Norway? It's been like 20 years since I've read the transcripts of the Norwegian seasons. I know they did a season in, in Alberta.
0: Poland and Finland, I don't know about. No. I mean, this is basically why we've got Bindles on, is because he is a mole historian. He is the guy who wrote the challenge guide of every mole season ever, basically. I still use it now, by the way. Pretty much every episode, I do end up consulting your guide, so most of your views recently will have just been me. Ah, Because it got a shout-out on the uh, Bollars Discord as well, didn't it? Yes, it did. Again, slightly in part due to me. Thank you. You're yours, hype man. Yeah, I'm pretty much his outman when it comes to the challenge guide because it's bloody useful. <laughs> it gets consulted a lot, at least on my end.
1: So, in the strangest discussion for treasure, it's a three-three tie, and Olche flops her own vote to vote against herself.
0: I don't know what they would have done if Olche would have stood her ground there, because it's only because she suspected Ruben that she uh, she kind of relented there. I think.
1: You know who I want to have in charge of all the money? The person who uh, who is my prime suspect to be the mole.
0: It is a good way to test people, to be fair. Maybe not if they then start losing all of the money, but it's a good way to keep an eye on people to see whether they're sabotaging, because if you give them all the pot, some of that money's probably going to get disappeared.
1: It's going to be lowered in from the ceiling, just like those balloons.
0: All the children. The human piñatas. <laughs> It may just get thrown out of the window on a train, or, I don't know, burn or stuff down people's bras, or pretty much anything that a mole has done previously when they've got anywhere near a pot.
1: And Yan is trying to make a new ally after Emilio is gone, now he tries to align with Ruben.
0: He is, but there is much more gold to be mined from the treasurer scene. Because Ruben asks whether Olche still wants to be the treasurer, he's asked if he wants to be... a And whether he's good with money, he says no, because he's a musician, he's terrible with money. Alche says she doesn't trust him as treasurer, even though he's a really great guy. It ends up being a 3-3 tie, and Alche magnanimously decides to give it over to him, but on the proviso that she can have a shadow administration and essentially run the pot via him. I know I complain occasionally on these shows that one word tends to be people's personalities. Alche's his business. Alche just does everything in a business- like manner, just proper efficient, just trying to to do the path of least resistance and be really efficient with people. But she's so great for it. <laughs> I will say that scene is so much less insufferable
2: than normal with olche around to be totally unreasonable.
0: It is an absolute crime that olche wasn't the uh, Renaissance representative. Can you imagine olche in an all-star season? Just annoying people.
1: Her and Nikki? Her and Nikki together in a
0: challenge? I think her and Nikki probably would get on actually. Because Nikki is very efficient in challenges. Nikki does like the path of least resistance.
1: But what if they disagree on what that path is?
0: Oh, there would be a crater left, I think. I cannot see them them dealing with a fight very well between them. However good television it would then make.
1: And then your own would say, This was my plan all along.
0: Who? Him?
1: Egg?
0: He's basically the egg of moles. (laughs) So yeah, Ruben ends up being the treasurer, and as Logan said, Jan and Ruben then have a discussion about whether they also should have a bond. Jan seems to know about Ruben's bond with Luce, Ruben entertains the idea, and says he definitely won't run and tell Luce everything that just happened. No, I'm sure that will never, ever happen. Because Ruben is a dirty little grass. So they then meet Art in the afternoon. As treasurer, Ruben earned himself a special role in the next challenge, and everyone wonders whether it's deliberate. The other five will run through Tbilisi and basically play a mini version of Amazing Grace and musical chairs. At each stop, one person will get left behind, only the person who checks in first will earn whatever reward that they are assigned. If money comes in, it will be doubled. If yokers come in, then that will also be doubled, but then Ruben will get the same as the person who brings it in. So
1: why, dub- if it's automatically going to be doubled, why not just double the value of everything from the beginning?
0: I think it's because they also have the mechanic of the yokers being doubled and then split between the person who brings them in and Ruben. I think they basically wanted to turn around and go, well, everything's doubled in this challenge. They could have also said, you either earn €1,000 for the pot, or alternatively, you earn two yokers each. But where's the fun in that?
1: There's actually, compared to a lot of the other challenges this season, there actually isn't that much money up for grabs in this one.
0: No, it's a very low-value challenge, as is uh, the third one, actually. The third one is much lower than I remembered it being.
1: Yeah, they're like, whoa, they just earned 5,000 euros. The pot's at almost 6,000 euros. (laughs) Let's put the brakes on this season, guys.
0: To be fair, by the end of this episode, they have earned 8,000 euros more than they brought in two episodes ago. It's going to get to the point if they continue on that trajectory where we're playing for like twenty five grand and that's more of a Belgian pot. Yeah. So Ruben gets to assign their rewards. One of them will get nothing. One of them will get one yoker. One gets two yokers. One five hundred euros and one a thousand. And it's Steena who gets nothing. Jan has two. Alche has a thousand. Simona has one yoker and Luce has five hundred euros. And they begin at a roundabout and have to find the first cars. Jan pushes Loose out the way. And then is first to find the vans, followed by Luce, with a little help from one of the locals, Simona, Stina, and then Olce. And Ruben says that if Olce gets a whiff of money, she goes crazy for it, and that's why he gave her a thousand euros to play for. Jan is the first to receive the next instruction. Take the Metro from Liberty Square to Rustavelli and find one of four mole cars at Rose Revolution Square. The last person to reach Rustavelli may be executed.
1: I thought I thought it said that they have to find the smoke that thunders.
0: No, you're thinking of a uh, a show that aired a long, long time ago that we're not going to end up talking about. <laughs> so Olche gets a slow driver and despairs. All four who reach the metro get on the same train just as Olche appears at the uh, the square. No one understands what Luce asks. Yan runs underground, and gets close to the cars but doesn't spot them, so heads back. And we also get a glimpse of George and Wendy's. It is the only time I think I've ever seen a Wendy's outside of North America.
1: Now you're making me think, Michael.
0: <laughs> this was going to end up being a challenge for you, given how well-traveled you are. Have you ever seen a Wendy's outside of uh, outside of North America and or this episode?
1: I don't think I have.
0: Because I think they're coming to the UK. They may very well have come to the UK uh, by the time that this actually comes out, but I've got a feeling that it was announced last week that they're coming to the UK. I know they
2: have them in Japan, because... Amazing Race 9, that's where Ray and Yolanda pulled in And then they thought she was Janet Jackson
1: (laughs) (laughs) Janet Jackson
2: (laughs) They don't have them in Australia Because our Wendy's is an ice cream place I'm not sure about New Zealand I
0: don't think so Wendy's is indeed coming to the UK I've just googled it They're doing a, a Tim Hortons And just opening a few restaurants at first
1: does, does it say which countries they're located in? They say they're in 29 countries.
0: Ironically, after mentioning that, um, the first ever Wendy's location later added a Tim Hortons.
1: Oh, now it's a Tim Hortons?
0: No, it added a Tim Hortons and is now closed. Apparently there's a, um, a Wendy's in uh,
1: Munich. <laughs> I guess people just really dig the Frosty there. It's funny how much more Wendy's has sucked in the past few years. They used to have these things, the, this ice cream product called Coffee Toffee Twisted Frosty, but now they just do Frosties.
0: Can you just say that about five times in a row for me?
1: Coffee Toffee Twisted Frosty, Coffee Toffee Twisted Frosty. They used to have those when I was in university, but they got rid of those, and then about a year ago, they got rid of veggie burgers. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting anything from Wendy's
0: anymore. Nothing vegetarian sells anyway, so... You just turn to chicken and turkey if uh, you can't find anything vegetarian. We both know that. (laughs) So, Luce is the first to the next set of cars, followed by Stina, who doesn't like adrenaline assignments, but is enjoying this one. Jan and then Olche. Jan steals a car from under Olche's nose, and Olche gets another slow driver. And at this point, the producers just kind of give up on giving them creative instructions and just tell them to find one of the next number of mole cars. The last one to find another car may be executed, Luce finds it quickly, followed by Steiner and Jan, leaving Olche behind. Then, when looking for two more cars, Luce yet again finds it quickly, as does Steiner. Luce grimaces at the driving, and Jan gets left behind. And then the finish line of this race is the Peace Bridge. The first person to cross the finish line wins whatever's in their envelope for both them and Ruben. It is Luce, and they earn €1,000 of a possible 2000 Ruben says he's slightly disappointed that it wasn't Jokers, and Olche says she doesn't care as much because it's money and Olche loves money
1: i like how that was rubens only reason for giving Olche the highest amount he's a, he's essentially insinuating that Olche is the, is a is a gold digger
0: yeah he's insinuating that she's very very superficial
1: like i'm surprised the the OJ's, uh music didn't start playing when she got into the van
2: i i love there's, there's a point in that challenge where she's telling her driver Go like Speedo Gonzalez and he gets confused by the Gonzalez part. Like, you know, a
0: mouse in a speedo, that's the normal bit.
1: What do you mean? I normally drive in a speedo around to
0: For some reason I get more tips, mainly for people telling me to cover up, please, or I'll never use you again.
1: I'll we'll give you a bad review on Uber.
0: I thought I was looking for a big top. <laughs> so after the challenge, Ruben and Luce have a little chat. Ruben grasses on Yan looking for a bond, and they decide to use Yan to fish as to who Emilio suspects it. Luce claims that he's trying to get between her and Ruben, which she she understands, and there is some delightful hand-wringing between them as they plot.
1: I wonder how many more fights Olce got, got in with the taxi drivers that didn't get shown on TV. Because I think she asked the guy about t- ten times how far away it is to the next place, and if he can drive faster.
0: I think if there is another Vidim All Stars, Olche needs to be the Georgia representative, please. I just want to see Olche absolutely boss another season. I, I want to see Olche with Cecile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they are halfway through the trip. Art looks like he's emulating Bruce Springsteen on the Born in the USA cover because he's wearing all of the denim. Simona, Stina and Alcea are three very different people, Ruben and Luce have a bond of mutual distrust, and Jan is all alone after Emilio's exit, but one of them will have to see a red screen. And they head to an old warehouse, which may or may not be an abandoned building from the Georgian version of Crystal Maze. They'll need good communication, which Luce then laughs at him for. Inside there is a word search on the ground, if they complete the word search the remaining letters will spell out a phrase worth a thousand euros to them. And Steena, being Steena, describes it as the most beautiful word search that she's ever seen.
1: Yeah, it was such a beautiful word search, she came to tears. She had never, it was like seeing Zeus in it, in his true form.
0: Is it just me, or is Steena fucking weird? She's fucking weird. I love her, but she's weird.
1: Yes. <laughs> she just teleports into the season every now and then, and and just has these random clips.
0: Yeah, they've just never cast anyone like her before or since, I don't think. She's just genuinely a little bit odd.
2: I love that she's odd and she's in a cast with Olche, so she still seems normal.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing, because I am on the record as quite enjoying Steena in this season. But she just, as Logan says, pops in occasionally, and is just a bit of a fucking weirdo.
1: I can't recall a time where anybody's ever looked at a word search and said, "Man." That is just a work of art. Well, actually, art probably did help put the word search together. But I mean, as in it being artistic.
0: So, the words were all in another building written on a wall, and they've only got 15 minutes to cross out all of the letters. All the candidate names and other show-related words are hidden in there, and Jan wears white shoes and gets green paint all over them.
1: Kryptonite shoes.
0: Why would you wear white shoes on this sort of a challenge? Surely you don't bring anything white with you just in case this sort of thing happens
1: maybe they just didn't anticipate there being paint.
0: The thing I love is there's another painting challenge later in
2: the season and I'm pretty sure he's wearing the white shoes then as well. Well, the white and green shoes by that
0: point. And Ruben says that there is always one candidate being difficult in a challenge and unsurprisingly, that was Olcay. And she's good at delegating, but not good at actual action. (laughs) I love how this episode just basically turns into a roast of Olcay because she's such a fun character to do these sort of jokes about.
1: Yeah, I don't think she's the type that likes to take direction too well.
0: No, she's definitely the boss in any situation, and she does not like to lose control.
1: I'm surprised she didn't tell Stine or, or Simona to to be Speedo Gonzalez with doing the doing the word search.
0: You can just imagine the Alche and Stina friendship is perfect for this sort of a challenge where Olche doesn't do anything apart from order people around. And Stina doesn't do anything.
1: Stina was probably just really upset that she had to dismantle and disfigure this word search by painting over the letters. It's so beautiful. Yeah, now it's just abstract.
0: It's the most beautiful word search I've ever seen.
1: Look at those vowels.
0: So Luce pays more attention to the challenge than the other contestants, and Jan checks up on everyone, crossing off properly. They start trying to puzzle out the sentence, whilst also looking for the final word, which is Tulisi. However... Molche goes in checks, and it actually isn't a word, even though she said it was six times. And that is the first strike of Molche. They get ten seconds at the end to look at all the letters from up high. Their sentence is, did the mole cross words out? Meaning that they earn nothing of €1,000 for the challenge, 2,640 of a possible 7000 for the episode, and 8,450 of €38,500 for the season so far. The correct sentence they were looking for was, did the mole cross the mole out? Ulche despairs of the mistrust. No one is sharing information with each other, even though that's how you smoke a all out.
1: And then they notice somebody did cross out the mole.
0: Yeah, someone did, and I think it was actually the mole who did it. I think that's one of the clues in the end.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a it's a sneaky as hell sabotage. It's not even a sabotage. It's just blatantly drawing attention to yourself, and no one, no one takes the hint.
0: I remember on the forums after this episode aired, there was a lot of debate about that sentence and whether the mole did cross the mole out and who it was if they did and all that sort of stuff.
2: I think mole turned up about like in three or four different words, because I think fears to mole was a word, mole book use was a word, mole might have been a word on its own. So, you know, probably half the cast crossed the word mole out.
0: They did, but only one of the moles counted. And in his final bond-forming scene of the entire episode, Yen tries to form a bond with Alche, even though he's been saying since week one that nobody should trust her. And he says that he's on Simona, Luce, and Ruben. She tells him that she's going all in on Ruben, but she's not.
1: She showed him. Yeah, I'm going all in on Ruben. Not.
0: It's Georgia Alche, not Kazakhstan.
1: <laughs> well, they were in. Well, they were in Kazakhstan, friend.
0: They were. They're not in Kiev, friend. So then Jan talks to Ruben and tells him that Olshay is going full on him and they make a bond to the finale. A bond for the finale. I just love the way that um, Ruben says that that confessional every time. There's another confessional
2: earlier in the episode in the Amazing Race Challenge where he's like, he, he basically does the Courtney Yates Boo Challenges Yay Feast thing and it just cracks me up every time I see it.
0: Ruben is really sneaky funny. We said this last episode, I think it was. I was sleeping on how much I enjoy Ruben in my first watch of this season. I really enjoy him on my rewatch. He's the go-to narrator for pretty much the entire season. But he has the perfect mix of being very good at narrating anyway, but then being utterly over the top with literally everything he says. From the Boo Challenges, Yay feasts, confessional to a Fry for the finale. And, like, you couldn't have anyone else in that season going, Kiev, we're not in Kiev, friend. We're in Almaty. Like, that wouldn't work if anyone else in the season said it, I don't think. But because it was Ruben, it became such a touchstone moment, I think.
1: Well, yeah, well, if, if he had, say, Ron try to do that quote, he would probably say some long, long lines of, Kiev, where, where's, where's Kiev? Are, are we in Kiev? Are we in Kiev, friend? I, I don't know, friend. Wait,
2: let me look at this map. I, I don't think Ron would have even noticed if they were in Kiev.
0: Ron would have been more concerned whether someone was bringing him a chicken Kiev.
2: Is that just a, a chicken
1: in the shape of the city of Kiev?
0: No, a chicken Kiev is awesome. I actually had one on, uh, on the flight to Houston last year, um, which was a very big surprise because I hate airline food normally. It was awesome. It's a chicken breast with garlic and herb and butter in the middle. And it's very nice. So, it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows the least will be out of the game, except for the mole who can never go home. Stina has a black exemption, not that we're reminded of that in this episode. The test happens at the Museum of Modern Art. So, Luce forces herself to keep spreading. She's been on Steena for a while and Alche a little, because she does weird things. She tries in challenges, but is it real? Simona is on Ruben. He doesn't win anything in challenges, or shows very little critical thinking and Jan is also still on her list. Jan says Simona is a closed book, which is suspicious. Ruben's passive and clumsy, which seems unkind to say, and he'd be surprised if other people weren't on Ruben. Ruben says he's playing the odds. He's put loose on all of the other tests so far. Olshay has prepared well. She underestimated the memorization needed to win the mole, and Steena is on at loose, Jan and Ruben. Loose plays the middle. She's very invisible. Jan would be the most genius mole ever, but is he a bit too fanatical for the role? Art reiterates to them at the execution that they are halfway to the end of the season, and there are only three spots in the finale, so the rest of them will see red screens. Information is crucial, but who should do just to give the right information? Simona, Alche, Yannenstein all get green screens before the bond of Ruben and Luce face their fate. Ruben gets the green screen, which means that Luce gets the red one and is sent home. And obviously, as it's this season, it falls to Ruben to actually eulogise her. He's in shock, he's been on her every week. How can it be that he is still here?
1: I like how when Luce is leaving, the arts just looks there and says, Wow, you look horrible. You look you look too pale. You look like shit. You look like a <laughs>
0: bag of shite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened to you?
0: Jesus, it's not that bad.
2: I've been there. No, he hasn't, because he won. He never got sent home. Yeah, no, but he's been in. He's been on the mole before. You know what I mean? I've got a question about Luce. Who is she? Because I forgot, I completely forgot she even existed until I watched this episode.
0: It's brilliant that you say that because we had a massive discussion about how Logan had completely forgotten that Steena and Emilio existed last week. I, I remembered Steena and
2: I I kind of vaguely remember like Luce's face. Like if you showed me the photo, I would, I would know she was from this season, but I remember nothing else about her, which, you know, st- probably still puts her ahead of like 60% of the Oregon cast, but... You know when you've got Jan and Ruben and Olche and Simone and Stina and Ron and Jean-Marc and the other people, who is loose?
1: What are your thoughts on on Jean-Marc Bindles?
0: <laughs> Do you know the answer to this question?
1: No, I don't.
0: I I feel like he's probably
2: one of the very very few dud contestants Rizk mold's ever had.
1: Well, it's, good. it's a good thing you say that because if you, say, if you said anything else, I was going to lose sleep over it.
2: No, I, I, like, every so often they have a contestant who sort of doesn't work for whatever reason, and I think he's probably the one who doesn't work
0: the most.
1: Well, he didn't want to work. He quit because he didn't want to drive the, that vehicle.
0: He's just, he's such a non-entity of a character, and I don't know how we milked 15 minutes of discussing uh, discussing his departure on the podcast.
1: 15 or
0: 50? Well, it, it ended up being 15, I think, after the edit, but it was close to 50 when we uh, when we started recording that.
2: To be fair, he's such a non-entity, we're probably lucky they didn't cast him for Renaissance.
0: <laughs> Good point. Can you imagine if he was the one that was brought back? The guy who literally quit the game because he couldn't fall asleep, and he was getting too paranoid they should
1: have made that into a challenge for each minute that Jean-Marc stays awake one euro gets
0: added to the pot it's not the early 2000s that is the sort of thing that they would base an entire reality show on in the UK in the 2000s and they did it's called shattered it's a weird ass show people stayed up for 7 days i don't think after the Janine incident they would be allowed to do that health and safety wise anyway so do we have a eulogy for loose <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, the reason why I remembered her before we
1: did this rewatch is I remembered her bond with Ruben because that was supposed to be a major storyline. But for some reason, I thought she made it to final four. I thought she was the last <laughs> exit before the before the finale. So I'm like, what? She goes this episode? Like, I don't I don't have any major memories associated with her. Like, I don't remember the storyline of her challenging what her role is supposed to be in a challenge. Say, so, no, I want to be in that other group. I've changed my mind. I don't remember that whole subplot. But, uh, yeah, I'm very surprised that she went home this early just because of her ties to Reuben.
0: Luce, she came, she saw, she era 404. I think Luce basically serves the purpose of setting Reuben up to to be good. She goes so Reuben can stay, basically. And that is a huge benefit for the season, because Reuben is a much better character than Luce's. Well, we haven't even got to the bit where he's a toothpick in a wetsuit yet. We'll get there because I do love that challenge.
1: <laughs> I'm so, I wish at the after Luce was executed, that the non-elimination episode could have been. If Luce can limbo under this pole, if she can stay in the game,
0: and it's just Ruben perched between two posts. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's really low to the ground. So, so there there could be a significant back injury that occurs when she tries to attempt it.
0: Oh no, Vidim tries to stay away from serious back injuries anymore. So yeah, next time, the Final Five are trapped in a horrible hotel, Alcha has a brain freeze, a Georgian family are moved, and they get another chance to not see their screens, as producers start begging them now.
1: Alright, next week is the challenge where they have to move all of the Georgian family's equipment.
0: Yeah, next week is the one with all the uh, the house moves, and the one with the hilarious non-elimination challenge where producers essentially just turn around to them and go, please, for the love of God, can we have a non-elimination episode now? You're taking the piss.
1: I wish they would have done it at final three, just be like, no, we're actually going to have two final three episodes.
0: I genuinely don't know what they would have done if next week wasn't a non It would have been very, very funny. They would have had to come up with some convoluted thing.
1: Cancel, I guess, canc- just cancel the quiz completely?
0: <laughs> yeah. They would have basically had to do a China and just cancel the quiz completely.
1: Do a mega episode. Double the challenges, double the distance, half the executions.
0: Fly them to Elba, do an episode there, fly back, jobs are good. <laughs> so, my suspect list at the time was in order. Stina, Simone, Yan, Ruben, Olche. The Bothers Bar top three were Stina, Olche, and Simona. And Logan still hasn't found his suspicions from the time, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I gotta really hunt those down. I'm a hunt I'm on, on my own. I'm on the hunt for a mole I thought about three years ago.
0: So have you got anything else you wanna say about the episode before we discuss what the mole actually did? Nah, no, I'm good.
2: No, uh, now I just really wanna
1: pop some balloons.
2: Oh, I do actually. I love how Jan I know he looks good in a suit, but I love how the rest of the time his like entire fashion sense is adult trying to look like a twelve year old trying to be an adult
0: my favorite on that topic is uh, last episode when he seems to be dressed as a toddler for the um i think it's for the zip line challenge it's definitely for the um the independence day challenges he's dressed in a matching polo shirt and shorts and it does look like he's been dressed as a toddler by his mother
1: <laughs> or his parents dress him up wearing the purple pineapple socks it's like oh that would look cute on him
0: i must admit i do really like his uh, his shirt he wears for the um for this episode, the dark blue one. It's another one where I would actually wear that. So, thank you for listening to our Vista Mole 2018 recap. We'll be back next week to continue the hunt for another old mole in Georgia. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are, TV Warriors, or emails can email us on contact at rtvwarriors.com, Morgan's on Twitter at LogsBakwacky, Bindles is the Green Recapper, and I am MJ Harmstone. Thank you as always to Marika for the subtitles, and we'll see you next week, and please stay tuned for What The Mole Did.
1: Peace out and just chill till the next flavoury.
2: Am I supposed to say something here?
1: Yeah, well, well, yeah, you got to have your own catchphrase.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll work on it. I can't be bothered doing it now.
0: Maybe your catchphrase should just be, am I supposed to say something here? (laughs) (laughs) So, what did the mole actually do, Japs?
1: He crossed out the mole?
0: Well, yeah, he crossed out the mole, we know that. But we knew that already. Did you notice during the test, the question he's
2: shown answering is, did the mole cross out the mole?
0: Yes, because I think we only actually saw two questions. We saw that one with him answering it, and we saw, is the mole the new treasurer? Yeah. I don't think we saw any other questions, which kind of adds to your theory that maybe producers nudged them to say, do you really want to keep old Chase the treasurer? Just so they could keep that question in the quiz.
2: No, I th- there, there was another question, because I think there was one about when the mole got eliminated in the amazing race so there was like first second third fourth or the mole was not eliminated or something i think that's what it was but there was there was definitely at least a third question
0: but yeah i think yan answering the did the mole cross out the mole question is actually meant to be a hint yeah i also noticed at the circus challenge he tried to do every single mini challenge he was constantly away from his house of cards even though he was the only one who could build a house of cards
1: Yeah, I like how much he overreacts to whenever his house of cards fell down.
0: Do you think he played the uh, the Amazing Race challenge straight? Do you think he played it knowing where all the other envelopes were or not?
1: I have a feeling he played it straight just because it was such a... A, it was a low stakes challenge and B, I'm sure every once in a while the Mole just wants to play one challenge completely straight.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling he played that one straight. I think he knew where the first
2: one was because I don't think he was ever shown asking which way to go when, you know, all of the other people were at least shown uh, get asking people and getting someone to point it to it with an umbrella. I don't know
0: if he knew the rest of it, though. I think as soon as he got the envelope saying two yokers, he played it like a contestant because he wanted to win that challenge because he could still mole without actually needing to know where all the other prizes were and who had what. That's the impression I got of it, at least.
1: Or at least just try to outlast Olche so that the maximum amount of money doesn't go into the pot.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you know that Olche is the sort of person who Ruben's going to give the uh, the maximum amount of money to, you make sure that Olche goes out early, just for your own sanity's sake.
1: Yeah, he just has an earpiece which says, "By the way, I think you're good on beating Olche because she just yelled at a taxi driver to wear a speedo, so I think you'll be able to make it further than Olche in this challenge."
0: And the other thing that I think he did was he was distracting people at the word search, so not all the letters got crossed off to make it harder.
1: yeah, wasn't he like shouting a lot and just randomly or he was he was supervising. that was the big thing, yeah,
0: because they crossed off all the right words. It's just they didn't get the uh, the actual solution because Jan was accidentally not crossing off all the letters and things. I think that's the impression I got
1: you yeah, would just be like, oh, you, you didn't cross everything out, you have to go, come on, make sure there's green paint on all of that. Make sure the the letters are as green as my shoes.
0: You got anything else you want to say?
1: Oh, the alliances! We didn't really talk about that. He makes two new alliances this episode.
0: He does, and they kind of take him to the end of the season. Because him and Olche don't really mistrust each other now for the rest of the season, I don't think.
1: What do you think about the relationship between him and Ruben?
0: I think it's very interesting, because he misplays it in the fact that he is Ruben's Bond, so he's technically the closest person to Ruben in this Final Five. So he ends up being essentially the default Bond for Ruben. Ruben then has the opportunity to keep more of an eye on him, and that's how Ruben manages to pick Yan out at the end, I think. He kind of, I think, had a little suspicion after the Independence Day Challenge last week, because obviously he was seen constantly looking off into the crowd more than anyone. But then, I think, after Luce goes here, he goes... Oh shit! I'm really on the wrong track, Anna. Who's it gonna be? And then he starts kind of laser focusing on uh, on Yan. Olche also makes a bond with the uh, with Yan, befriends him properly, and then completely kind of discounts him, and gets through because she's on Ruben, and Ruben is obviously a guy and tends to be on a team with Jan a lot, and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I know we're jumping ahead and kind of day in this podcast, but all the signs. I mean, there's only there's only as the Mole left and then only one male contestant and four women. So you think, oh, a woman is going to win this season. But it's like Amazing Race Australia where none of the women actually end up winning. It's like the one guy that's left is the guy who wins.
0: It's like Amazing Race Australia 5, but, you know, good. It's like Mole Australia
2: 1 where basically the first three boots are men and then you've got, you know, five women and two men and then one of the other men goes pretty quickly after that. And then basically it's all the women in a row and then the last man is the mole.
0: We're so close to having an Iceland-Spain situation. Anything else to say? No, I'm good. No, I think I'm good. We will end it there then. I'm going to go
1: find me a big top.